another interesting kind of ongoing plot point that wasn't always dis- wasn't always brought up intentionally was that he never took the drugs he made. You know, it was and like there were a couple times where, especially the beginning, it was a debate between the two of them. No, we don't. We don't use what we make. You know, like to set the precedent. But then you just they carried it through by never showing Walter smoke it. You know, obviously. Um, so he even had a weird relationship with this product. He he was like obsessive about the purity of it. You know, but he one knew it was bad for you, and two. I guess didn't didn't want to be. He knew he needed to have maybe all of his mental faculties in order to pull off all the deals and stuff. And so he he like it's funny how he drew lines somewhat arbitrarily. Arbitrarily, like yeah, I'll murder, yeah, I'll betray my family, yeah, I'll do this and that, but I'm not going to smoke it. You know, it, it was so he had some like what felt like like I said arbitrary you know rules about his life maybe. Um, but I thought that was like it was an ongoing plot point that didn't have to be intentionally said all the time, you know. But you just understood it, I guess. Um, anyway, interesting to me. And talking about the arbitrary ethics, this is something else I was thinking about the show, because all of the characters, just about I think besides his son, um, have some big character flaw, have some big uh, moral issue. It's interesting that his is the one that is the condemnable one in their eyes you know um the the sister-in-law marie she's a kleptomaniac you know you know she lies she goes around makes up stories she was stealing from people's homes uh stealing from stores um but that was viewed as a lesser saying you know the family was like we gotta get behind her and support her uh skylar she was having an affair right well that's not illegal but moral you know it's interesting, you know, she could justify that morally in her mind. Um, even Hank, again, his issues were more of just uh, neglect or, you know, anger issues, those sort of things. He was violent, went and just beat up Jesse one time, which seemed justified. I think we all felt it was justified, but it was against the regulations of his job. All those things were bad, but Walt was the bad guy in their eyes. And, again, not that I don't think he was the bad guy, but it was just interesting through all these flaws and problems, uh, Walt was the, you know, he was the one who crossed the line in their eyes. Those arbitrary moral boundaries that we were talking about. Yeah, that's what I was telling you earlier. Um, what you just said triggered triggered this for me. I read an article after I finished the episode, uh, the, the final episode, excuse me, uh, of an interview with the woman who played Skylar. And she talked about the fan mail she would receive of women who were angry that she was having an affair, like her character, you know, obviously, like she was the betrayed wife of a a dying kingpin of drugs, but because she was cheating on him, women hated her for it. You know, it's so it was it was playing with people. Like in real life, people were getting upset over a fake show because of her choices. So even the fans' reaction was different than maybe what the writer hoped or, or maybe exactly what he wanted was to get mixed reactions. I don't know, but. And I think that exposes, I think a, a general belief in the audience of intentions, justifying the results. Like you said, re- 
most of them looked at as Walter is this guy backed into a corner. He has cancer. He's just trying to do whatever he can. And so it kind of justifies his making meth. With Skylar, I think people saw it as it was a vindictive move. When she had the affair, it was kind of she threw it in Walter's face. Yeah. Uh, not so much just to say that she didn't even want to do it. I think she wanted to do it. But it was also kind of done trying to drive him away. And so right. I think when people saw that as an impure motive, they found it condemnable, whereas they found some sort of pure motive in Walter, and so they thought the ends uh, were justified by the means, so to speak. Yeah, and I think it speaks to how the society, our society still views the roles of men and women and, and a gender... Um, I'm not going to say this well, but... Essentially, the lady said in the interview, like, my character is a victim, but I'm the bad guy because I'm having an affair. You know, like, what, what, because I'm a woman, you know, like, I'm supposed to stand by my man, that kind of thing, you know, in, in, in spite of all that's going on and how he's not being honest with me and whatever. Um, so there's some real interesting, I kind of weaved into it a little bit of gender bias and stuff, um, which I thought was kind of clever because it wasn't really the point of the show, but it, he again touched on a lot of different things. It would have been interesting to see, uh, yeah, what kind of reaction would have been if it had been Walter who had the affair, if he also did. Of course, that would have contradicted the whole main conflict, which is you're supposed to think of him as a family man and a criminal. Right. But uh, you're right, it would have been interesting to see if the reaction would have been proportionate. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. I think we've hit a lot of the main points, but I do want to ask you about Jesse because I think Jesse is maybe the most popular character from the show. I think that he remained maybe more likable throughout, or I think he actually grew opposite from Walt, who started out the likable character and by the end was detestable. I think maybe Jesse started out dislikable as this low level. Uh, punk who (laughs) was just so goofy uh and then through many circumstances grew up kind of through the show yes uh was certainly a more adult version of himself by the end but the interesting thing about jesse to me was he was consistently it seemed like he was more than anybody else consistently dealing with problems he was getting beat up he was losing people he cared about um but he allowed himself to get this victim's mentality you know, it was everybody else. A lot of the times, it was other people doing these things to him. But he put himself in that position by being involved again in the lifestyle that he was, by being involved in criminal enterprises. And it's like he failed to see that it was by putting himself in those places that he had to suffer these consequences. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I think you hit it on the head. He and Walt have opposite trajectories, um, and they wind up. Or the other one started, I feel like, at the end. Um, you know, when you find out, well, not when you find out, but when you see Jesse find out how his girlfriend died, um, what Walt did by not helping, you know, or whatever. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, Jane. Yeah. And, like, the how much he really cared about her, you know? And then didn't he, and again, I apologize, it's a little fuzzy, didn't he kind of befriend a, a young kid and... 
Yeah, he he had a relationship. Had a relationship with the lady, and then she had a son, and he was kind of looking out for him. He actually reached yeah. a point where he decided he it wasn't healthy to be involved with them because he knew that people he was involved with got hurt, but he was supporting them financially and right. kind of looking out for him from afar. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I agree totally. You, you kind of feel, you feel more for Jesse at the end than you. He almost felt like a throwaway character at the beginning. And they actually uh, was. I don't know if you know this, but the original plan was for him to be his character to be killed off at season one, at the end of season one, and just no. move on. Like he was just meant to kind of jumpstart Walt's character. But the writer uh, Vince Gilligan liked what Aaron Paul was doing with Jesse so much that he decided to keep him around, and then he just became that second lead. Uh, right. Which is no, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you said is exactly right. He was just the. He felt like the messed up kid who could be used to get this enterprise going and it could be tossed aside, but then you end up maybe relating to him more than anybody else because he's because he, he's still like a scared kid the entire time, you know, in over his head. I guess, like you said, they all were, but it just felt different with him. I, I don't know if that's fair if we're not being as harsh on him as we should be, as you know. Um, it was certainly hard to not be as harsh with him. I think I had an easy time getting over my affections for Walt. Um, yeah. But with Jesse, he would he would show such that moral compass more often uh, that you would still relate to him. And actually, yeah, he grew on me more as the show went on. And I think they left it at a great place with him. Like, I would never want to see a continuation of the story where he was, if you will recall, at the end of the final season, he was basically enslaved by the white supremacist who had become the bad guys to make right. meth for him. And then when Walt gets his revenge, he frees Jesse, and Jesse drives away, and that's the last we see of Jesse. And we're kind of just left to wonder, like, I wonder what would become of Jesse. You know, is he beyond the point of redemption, or is he going to go straight? You know, instead of Breaking Bad, is he going to go straight? And we, we don't know, and I think the, the ability for the audience to fill in the gap themselves is a great way to end it with Jesse. I would never want to see a spinoff or a continuation with Jesse's character, because I think it's good with a little bit of that ambiguity at the end. Right. I agree. Now, uh, they, they have done a spinoff now with Saul, and I think that is maybe the best idea for a spinoff I've ever heard because you can do him independently of the situation that we got accustomed to seeing him in, and it still be entertaining, I would think. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very interested now to see Better Call Saul. I think that could be a good show. And I think it actually is his life leading up to how he got involved with Walt. So it's like the pre, it's like a prequel, but on a, on a separate track, you know? Right. So, like you said, it could be totally unrelated to this series and still be really entertaining, you know? Not to make allusions to it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like a wink and a nod to it, because it's separate. Um, but I've heard good things. Like you said, I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Did you, did you like how the series wrapped up? If I remember right, Walt is captured, right? We don't know. He is. He's lying on his back somewhere, isn't he? I'm I'm trying to think. Yes, it's after he gets revenge on the white supremacist. He was shot. Right. 
and they find him in their lab and he's lying down um, and it's left at that. Now, again, Vince Gilligan in interviews has said there's no ambiguity about the ending. Like he, you know, it wasn't meant to be a was he, wasn't he. I think it's meant to be that he died there and they found his dead body. Like there's no chance of continuation for the story of Walt. Um, So I think it was meant to be very final. Well, I... The answer is yes, because if you get cancer and you decide to be a kingpin of perfect meth until you die and you ruin your family, you probably are going to die, you know, either from from your sickness or from your choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he got what he deserved. Is that the right way to say it? Maybe not. Um he got the, anything, the inevitable anything, end to his actions. He, it's natural consequences, yeah. And I feel like anything else would have felt like like he cheated life or cheated death, however you, you know. And that would have felt disingenuous to me. And so it wasn't I was like ready to see Walt die necessarily, although he was certainly easier to root against the longer it went on, you know. Uh... I feel like it was appropriate. Um, I don't remember what happened to his wife. She was in somewhat in police custody or protection. She, I think, was in the middle of maybe some dispute because of her involvement. He gave her the location of Hank and his partner where they were buried, and he said, use this as a bargaining chip. Um, So we're kind of left a little bit ambiguous as to what happened with her as well. I think we're meant to assume that... uh, at least as far as the law is concerned, she gets off okay, but I think her life is in shambles thanks to Walt, yeah. like you said, and that's where we're left with her. There's definitely a finality to the show because not only yeah. not only does it end with Walt being dead, but almost every key character in the course of the show ends up dead except for his wife and kids, his sister-in-law, Jesse, and Saul. I think literally yeah. everybody else that interacts with them throughout the shows dies so you know that little contained world just ends right and if he hadn't done what he did they none of them would have died you know at least not through the way they did like it, I think it shows the chain reaction of this one choice you know to buy that rv and to go out in the desert and it leads to all that you know um it was yeah it was cause and that, cause and effect yeah yeah um let me ask you this what would you say to someone who said to you i don't think christians should watch shows like that the language, the violence, the a lot of like hardcore drug usage scenes, you know, I mean they smoke stuff and you know, it's it's very, very raw, I guess you could say. But here we are talking for forty five minutes about it and the the implications for life and stuff, you know, in a very serious way. But a lot of people we know would say, Man, that's a that's a hands off scenario. What what would you say is it just about discernment? Is that all it is, or is, or is there a better answer than that? 
Well, the first thing I would certainly say is <laughs> one of the issues is you can't recommend this show to just anybody. That's for certain. And I would mm-hmm. never recommend it to um, young people, to teens, to my students. And not just because it's bad, but because I think you're right. There's there's an ability to handle it. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, not everybody should watch something just because they think they can handle it. There are shows with zero merit to them. There's, there's zero quality. But I think there is an ability as Christians to watch things and discern, as you use that word, discern, uh, how to take them. I think if you watch Breaking Bad and you think Walt's the hero throughout, that probably reveals some issues with you as a viewer, I would say. Uh, but if you can watch and you can understand what he's doing is wrong, if you can understand what it's saying about <coughs> culture and you're analyzing from that perspective, I think there is good. I think you can learn. I think it's a, it's taking you into a world and into a mindset that then you better understand and not saying like it's it's an academic pursuit i don't mean to say it like that but if you can understand what's right and what's wrong and handle that when you watch it not just not just an understanding of it but when you're watching you know okay just because this character is likable and i think that's a big thing for christians in cinema you know when you're watching a movie that presents the anti-hero or the protagonist as somebody really cool really likable but they're bad can you look through the what's externally cool about them and judge the actions for what they are and i think that's a key skill that christians should have they should be able to watch now i would never start with this for sure (laughs) build your way up you know like understand how to dissect basic content and material you know simpler themes before you get into something complex like this but i think there is again conflict is something that the whole universe is driven on good and evil is the conflict that the whole world is about that's the grand meta narrative of the world uh so we're seeing it in a microcosm in this story and we're seeing it very uh, in a very gritty way in a very gruesome way but we're seeing reality in this show and so i think that and if you can handle it there's merit to that yeah i think that's true i have a acquaintance a friend of a friend kind of thing who is waiting until his oldest son is a teenager and he's going to sit down and watch this with him. It was like a rite of passage kind of thing. And you can argue at what age that's appropriate and only parents know their kids well to know, you know, that's not really the point, but I find that interesting that this would be some kind of like in some people's minds more than just bonding, but like a way to help your kids see the world through a world that you hope they never get involved in. (laughs) Obviously, you know, um, because let's I mean, let's be honest. You had to keep the drama alive. Walt had to get into some close scrapes and survive it, so that the show could go on. Right? You kill Walt off, and it's over. So once you decide to kill him, you have to be ready for it to be done. You know, people get involved in stuff like that. Their lives are ruined like day one. You know they. So there's a it's there's a false reality to it because it's a TV show. You know, they're on a set. They're in their trailers after they call action. You know, it's not a real thing. But for this guy to feel like this is something I want to watch with my son, I guess to create some talking points about life, I don't know if that's what Vince Gilligan would have said was one of his... Um, Objectives? Or, 
rationales, yeah. And I don't know if it's even a good idea. It's an interesting idea this guy has. Because I think his motives are are right. Um, But I wonder if we as Christians have to find some way to justify watching a show like this. So let's say, well, I'll just watch with my kids to talk about drugs are bad. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, do we have to fabricate some kind of morality lesson plan to justify to ourselves watching a show like this? Or can not, can we not just say that was entertaining? And is that not enough? I don't know. Um, I think it can be just entertaining, but I think it is admirable to look for teaching opportunities. And I think that's something that I hesitate to say this because I'm not a parent, but as someone who works with teens, like most things can be teaching opportunities. You don't want to latch onto everyone and say, let me teach you a lesson through this. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's constantly teaching opportunities all the time in front of us. And so for a parent to be involved in any way, or through any avenue is usually a pretty good thing. You know, yeah, he, I agree. You will likely teach Cademan lots of things by not, you know, that aren't showing him Breaking Bad. Maybe it will be, but, you know, you'll choose other lessons. I'm more worried about the parent who, even if they protect their kids from seeing bad things, never explain to them why. You know, never help their kid understand it so that they're making the choice on their own one day. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm... I think that's admirable for a parent to sit their kid down and say, we're going to watch Breaking Bad together. We're going to talk through it, and I want you to understand why we think through these things the way that we think through them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't want to come across as um, questioning the guy's motives or even if it's even a good idea, but I, I know for sure that some Christians have to have a reason for everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about before, places that do trunk retreats on Halloween, they they feel like they, they can't just... If there's not some kind of, like, Christian spin on something that it's not worth doing or it's a waste of time... And, I, and I, that, that to me is uh, exhausting to have to always be thinking about the religious angle of stuff. And I think Breaking Bad is a great example of a way you, you can bring in a – it is a morality tale. It's not like you're making it up just so you can watch a show. I mean it's clearly there, you know. Um, but I just get leery sometimes of people feeling that they have to make up teachable moments – to enjoy something, you know, I, I think that Breaking Bad is not one of those examples. So to bring it up here seems a little off topic because this one clearly works that way, you know? Um, but that, that thought just struck me when we were talking about this guy and his plans with this kid. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it is. All right. I think there's two more things I wanted to touch on real quick. I know we kind of, that probably would have been a good place to end wrapping it up on a serious note like that. But two things I thought were really interesting in the show. One is the wardrobe choices. Now they actually, I read somewhere where they had basically color themes for each of the characters. And that's interesting. Uh, 
you know, once I thought about it, I was like, that is true. These characters typically were wearing kind of the same colors. Walt was in greens and uh, Gus was in yellow all the time. But more importantly than that, I thought it was really neat the way they did Walt's style. Because when he began, he was very much the middle-aged high school teacher, you know, wearing uh, looked like cheap khakis and these uh, not flannel shirts, but whatever they were. They just yeah plaid shirts. Um, and he had the the underwear, the notorious underwear underneath. Yeah, right. Right. As the show progresses, he begins to get a little more stylish. His shows, his clothes start to look a little more. Uh, expensive, but mostly just more bold. Suddenly, there weren't the plaid in the shirts. It was these bold, solid shirts. Yeah. I think showing that external metamorphosis that people were talking about. But, again, to my point, underneath, what was he still wearing? Yeah. The same ugly underwear. Uh, <laughs> so the progression, that exterior progression of Walt, but inside always the same. And seen through his wardrobe. I don't know if that was intentional, but I definitely was connecting dots there. So Interesting. Didn't he adopt a fedora when he became He did. Heisenberg? You know, he did. like he kind of, that became his signature thing. Yep, and just even the name Heisenberg, just that alter ego. Um, yeah. Kind yeah. of a, an interesting an interesting move. Um, and then the second thing, wouldn't you know it, I, I don't even remember. So, I, I had two <laughs> things, I was like, there's two things I wanted to touch on really quick. It was the style thing, and then the other one I don't remember. Yeah. Um, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what we can close with this. You have now completed in the last year or so The Wire and Breaking Bad. And I understand that they're not the same thing. They're not supposed to be the same thing, but they're two very highly regarded TV shows about drugs, right? Yes, indeed. Ooh. What would you maybe just compare and contrast those for those who haven't who have seen both and can't connect the dots, or have only seen one like me? I've only seen Breaking Bad and not The Wire, or, or haven't seen either. Um, it's interesting to me that in the last decade or decade and a half, two of America's greatest TV shows, critically acclaimed, are about narcotics. Um, one is the greedy inner city of is it Baltimore, isn't The Wire in Baltimore? Yes. And then one is the Southwest, and not really about the city so much. So anyway, just I thought maybe that was an interesting parallel. Yep, and because fortunately you had told me that you would like to hear my thoughts on this, I did make some notes in case this question came up. Where they are similar, they are both gritty, grounded TV shows that feel very real, um, and they're they're both driven by that compelling drama, like the conflict, the circumstances, more so than characters. They both have characters that are very complex and that they're very flawed. And they're likable at times. Sometimes the good guys and the wire are heroic. Sometimes they're scoundrels. Um, the bad guys, sometimes they're charismatic. Sometimes they're just uh, ruthless. And so it, it's, it's that same kind of conflict-driven story, um, more so than characters that you like. They're both groundbreaking. I'll say that. They both were so different. The wire's slower. It, when it first started, people said, nobody's going to watch this because so little happens. But it's just a whole lot of characters that it follows. And so as you, the more you watch, the more it feels like it picks up pace. But a lot of it's showing how cops do grueling work. And there's lots of just, um, not spying, what do they call it, um, watch, watching, the, keeping an eye on the bad guys, you know. 
uh, stakeouts. Yeah, there's lots of stakeouts. You know, so probably 50% of the show is stakeouts. So uh, just these grueling and paperwork. You know, it shows you how grueling the paperwork is and, and all the red tape you have to go through to try to catch these criminals. Where they are different is The Wire is more of a show about a culture. It's about the mm. culture of this inner city, about the drug culture. And in following the various characters through various perspectives, it's kind of the never-ending drama. Now, they went five seasons, but they could have just kept going because it was all about the cycle. It was all about the culture was going to continue to suck young people into it, and the cops were fighting this basically winless war. And so it was about it was really about environment more than anything. The theme was kind of how the environment created this conflict. Um, And really, that's how season five ends. It shows, it brings it in season four, these young characters, these middle school-age boys, and then by the end of season five, you're seeing how they're filling in the roles of the older characters from the previous seasons. And so you're going, man, the whole thing's going to continue to carry on. It's generational, yeah. Breaking Bad is more of a character-driven show, and it's contained to that character. So it had a distinct arc and had a distinct beginning and ending, you know. So that's really the biggest difference is Breaking Bad following that one character's arc and that one story, whereas The Wire was this study of the environment. That is a really good answer. Um, So what is your next TV project? To be honest, right now, I don't have one, and I'm kind of enjoying not having one, because when I was involved with Breaking Bad, I felt almost prisoner to it. Like, if I had free time, I had to watch Breaking Bad, and there were times I didn't go to bed as early as I should have, because I was like, oh, that episode ended on a cliffhanger, and I've got to know you watch another one. So I'm enjoying the time, the freedom right now, uh, but eventually I'm going to have to get into something else. So I'm not sure yet. I'll be on the lookout. No ideas then at all? Uh, honestly, I've, I've had some mild interest, but nothing that's been too compelling. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's probably where I'm at too. I've been rewatching The West Wing for the third time, and I told myself that I was going to stop after season five um, because it, season six is when they had to, re- to introduce two new candidates to run for president because Bartlett is going to get out of office. And I was like, well, I don't really care about that. You know, I, it's because he's not the, they're not the main people. But then I, you spend all that time watching five seasons. Like, well, what's two more? You know, and so then it's like another 44 episodes you have to go through. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm knee deep into, into early 2000 politics, but <laughs> it never totally fake, but it felt real. All right. Um, after that. Well, I really appreciate you giving me your time. I think I kept you longer than we were planning on it, but. As always, really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, it was good to break down what is essentially just one of my favorite TV shows now of all time. So, appreciate it, man. Absolutely. It was fun. Well, thank you for listening to that. That was a bit of a marathon conversation, but when we have the privilege of having a guest like Nathaniel Haston on here, we want to enjoy his company as long as possible. It definitely set a record for longest podcast on the Jeremy Mathias channel. 
I want to thank all of you for listening. If you're still listening to this point, as always, I do want to know your thoughts. Have you watched Breaking Bad? What did you think about it? Did you like it? Did you think that Walter progressed throughout the show? Was there an evolution of him, or do you agree with me? Was it the revelation of Walter White? Please comment in the comment section. Hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter. And if you aren't following Nathaniel Haston on Twitter, Haston Manifesto, I would recommend you do that as well. Thank you as always, and we'll see you next time.